Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word.
Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Come on, clap for Jesus. to 2nd Peter chapter 1 verses 19. 2nd Peter chapter 1 verses 19. If you don't say, Amen. Amen. Let's read. The Bible says we have also a most sure word of prophecy. Hallelujah. Whereunto the Bible says you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. The Bible says we have also a most sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Somebody say amen. And he says knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old by the will of man, but by holy men of God, as they spake, as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's how prophecy came. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back to the beginning. I want to share something. When the Bible says that we now have a sure word of prophecy, it does not mean that it disqualifies prophets. Do you understand? It does not mean that it makes the prophets irrelevant. Praise the Lord. So don't get me wrong on that footing. It does not disqualify prophecy. Particularly the gift of word of knowledge or the word of wisdom or whatever it is. Praise the Lord. But it tries to give us something deeper here. And I want to share it in a few minutes. The Bible says we have more a sure word of prophecy where until you do that you take heed, listen, and it says, as a light that shineth in a dark place, and the Bible says, until the dead dawn and the death star arise in your hearts. Now, when the Bible gives an experience of day, dawn, and the death star rising in your hearts, it gives an experience of the light that comes to approve the things revealed. So the word of God is like light, Right? Your word is, is a lamp unto my feet, right? It's a light. In him was the light, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended him not. So you and I know that the word is light, isn't it? So he says, we have a sure word of prophecy, right? And he says, where unto? He says, you do well to take heed. You get a hold of it as unto a light, right? Shines in a dark place. One time I was sharing in this same forum and I told people, the spirit world is like an engulfed in a sort of darkness. Are we together? It's engulfed in the sort of, in a sort of darkness. And that darkness is what makes things secret. Do you understand? Revelation, the process and experience of revelation is casting light 
and to what is already existent in the hidden places. That is what? Revelation. It is casting light and to what is hidden but existent. Revelation is not something new. Revelation is something that, that, that just illuminates or casts light on what is already existent in God. Remember the Bible tells us I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But your blessing is spiritual. It is not physical. You, some of you think, ah, somebody parks a car and says, ah, the Lord has blessed me. Look at that car. You see. You get a nice shoe and you say, hey, man, I God, God has what? Bless me. Those are results of the blessing. They are not the blessing. Are we together? The blessing cannot be seen. The blessing cannot be touched. But it is the cause of everything seen. Are we together? That's why the Bible tells us that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed. Now every time I read that scripture, something illuminates my spirit to see more. I wish one day I get the opportunity to explain exactly what I feel every time I read that scripture. You know, the language of the spirit is different from the language of human beings. Are we together? The way God encodes and decodes with our spirits, the way he communicates to our spirits is different from the way we human beings do what? Communicate. Revelation is not released in human language. Do you understand what I'm saying? Revelation is not released in human language. It is released in spiritual language. And God giveth the man the ability to interpret. Interpretation is a provision to make sense to the intellect of human beings. Do you understand what I'm saying? That means there is a place in God where some things cannot be spoken by human language. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Revelation is received by spiritual language. I want to make a point here. But it has to transition through a grace of interpretation to appeal to the intellect to be understood. That is why Paul says, I would rather speak a few words in understanding than 10,000 words in tongues. Because tongues are not beneficial when you're addressing the church if they carry no interpretation. That you might bring edification to the body of Christ. For what use are tongues if they are not edifying, except if you're praying to yourself? You know, there's a kind of tongue that is to yourself. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. He buildeth himself up. That place is there where you're building your self. That is okay. But I'm talking about a different experience where God sends the word through a tongue and there is a necessity for an interpreter to change that word to make sense. Are we together? And that is why you realize that the true strife in the spirit the devil deliberately frustrates either the grace to see in your life or the grace to articulate what is revealed in your spirit. That is why for some of you have had attacks in your soulish realm 
all right? You start to see certain results in your spirit, all right? Some of you have dreamt when you're trying to speak and words can't come out. You, you are on somewhere and, and then they called you to preach and you're opening your mouth, you're trying to speak. There's something inside, right? But it just didn't come out. Praise the Lord. That is why utterance is a grace too. Ability to interpret what is received in the spirit and then put in the earthly. Arrayed in human intelligence to make sense. Are we together? Now I'm going to go a bit higher than that. The things of the spirit cannot fit in human language. Do you understand? It, it, it doesn't matter how big the dictionary is. That's why Paul tells you that I know of a man who has taken to the third dimension of the spirit. And he says, and I saw things which were not lawful to what? To utter. The Amplified says things which human beings have not power to put in language. There are, there are things that the human language can, does not have power to put in towards. There are things that are beyond the power of a man to put in towards. They are beyond your ability to explain. They are too much. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Now, you enter into a place where the Bible says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and has not entered into the hearts of man the things God has prepared. He says, but he has revealed them unto us by his Holy Spirit. There is a constant future for you and I of things no man has seen, no ear has heard, and they have not entered the heart of a man, but they come to your spirit by revelation. Those things don't have enough language to articulate. They cannot be explained by human language. We are bigger than human language. Our ministry, your ministry, is bigger than any word you can ever speak. You are deeper than what you speak. There is nothing in this world that can explain. In fact, when you look at what is inside us, the Bible equates to the ability of what is in a human... He says he has placed the world in the hearts of men. Men are in a world in whose heart... Okay, English, English. Men are living in a world and of which world is in their hearts? The infinite possibility in your spirit to do, to walk, to operate, to function, to survive, to exist, to demonstrate, to show forth, to live, is way bigger than all the energy and force combined in the face of the earth. The earth is smaller than what's inside you. The Bible says, and I'm going to go back to and visit something I mentioned. When the Bible says that by faith we understand that he created the worlds by the word of God, right? Some people, oh, I say, but let me risk. Let me what? Risk. When the Bible says that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word of God did not create the worlds. 
The word of God created worlds. The word of God did not create a world. It created worlds. The account you see in Genesis is only for the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, the, the word you see in Genesis is only for the earth. But this word created worlds. Right? It, it created worlds. Because there is no possibility. There is no possibility for greatness in every child of God to survive all of us in one earth. There is no possibility for the children of God to all survive under one world and dream under one world. Because we are all bigger than earth. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. What is inside you is bigger than the earth. Now start to think with me. It means that even though we walk this earth, we have an infinite power and influence over galaxies. Everybody here has a world. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And that world has all the systems that any world has. Now, the difference between people who have mastered this, this word, this understanding, and people who haven't is, if a man hasn't understood this truth, they are survivors on earth. They are what? Survivors on us. They come to survive. Financially, they survive. They, they survive in their everything is survival. They are not sure of the future. I don't know whether I'm making sense. They're not sure of the what? Of the future. When God created you and I, he did not plan that all of you should plan your life according to the sufficiency of the earth. No. On the other hand, earth is subject to your world. This world, your world, can cause earth to be flexible to the way you want your world to fit. Every other day scientists discover something new about the planet earth. You understand? And then they start to realize how interrelated the earth is to humanity. We are related in a way. But the relationship is its submission to you. That is why the Bible tells us that creation groans every other day. Anything created in the world is groaning for one thing, for the manifestation. The wilds of the spirit are waiting for you to give them something to do. They are not functioning until you really dream. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? I'll give you an example. There is no provision in just the earth for certain prayers in the scriptures. Can I give you an example? If I say, whatsoever you ask when you pray, that provision, there is no provision in us that can give you whatsoever. You ask. 
Because the human spirit is too wild when you start to define whatsoever. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If my prayer is 20 billion people, already 7 billion people cannot provide for whatsoever. Are you hearing me? But there is a grace and power in your spirit that can produce the 20 billion if you believe. So this is not you adjusting to the earth. This is the earth adjusting to you. And that is why I tell you that the biggest problem in planet Earth is deception. It's what? Deception. It's what we were raised to think, how we were raised to think it, how we thought everything must come. Do you understand? Some people think eh, that to be rich, you just have to be a hard worker. And some think I'm saying don't work hard. No, I'm trying to say that by contingency, first things come first. You're not rich because you're a hard worker. You're a hard worker because you're rich. I don't know if I'm making sense. So hard work is not the reason for the success of the man. No, the success of the man is the reason for the hard work. It's like giving. We don't give to get. That's, all, that's, that's an old covenant. In the new covenant, we give because we have. He says, for we know of the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For though he was rich, though he made himself poor, right? So when Jesus made himself poor, that you might become rich, your wealth is not based even on your giving. It is based on your faith in him. So giving is my faith that I have. Any giver is actually communicating to the world that I have. Anybody who holds back is communicating to the world that I don't have. It's that simple. Now, that's money. Look at everything. Wisdom. He has been made our wisdom. Look at redemption. Look at sanctification. How we have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. So, our actions are only works of faith to qualify what we believe to be true, not what we work out to become. Tell your neighbor you already are. So, if you have that understanding, how can you come to a pastor and you tell him, pray for me to get married? How can you tell apostle pray for me? I am sick. Because the Bible says, look at, look at how God created this world. He created this world, and that's why I tell people, look at the way he dealt with Adam and Eve. He didn't put Adam and then he started providing. No. He created everything. Then the man came. I don't know that you understand what I'm saying. He created everything, and then the man came. He did not create you to come and till the ground. No. 
This first idea on this man was not to till the ground to sweat. No, it was for the ground to bring forth. And his ministry was simple, to tender, to care, to prune. You understand? Just to make sure everything, to put the flower in the right place, but not to believe God for the flower. You understand what I'm saying? That is why many of you will never be rich. Because you don't know that you are. Your mentality is poor. You think poor. And you think that one prayer and a special word from God will get you out of that situation. Because God spoke. Listen, he spoke thousands of years ago in the Bible. Men read it every day. But not all have the results. Not all have the results. And he says, and they received not these promises because they did not mix it with what? Faith. They didn't receive it with faith. Listen, God can speak any word to you, but if you don't put faith inside your spirit, you're wasting time. He says, we have the sure word of prophecy. It is a light. It just lightens up everything that is available for you. Such that when you access these things, when the day dawn comes and the star rises up in the morning, when the true light comes, it comes to qualify what you saw and accessed by truth. It comes to prove what is revealed. It comes to prove what is revealed. It comes to prove what is revealed. Remember the scriptures, how the Bible speaks of the anchor in Hebrews that we have before God. That anchor of our souls. The anchor of our souls comes from the guarantee that when God wanted to make an oath, I think it's Hebrews 6, he says he looked for somebody and he wanted to swear, but he saw nobody greater. And so he swore by his name, saying, I will bless you and surely I will multiply you. When God wanted to promise, are you hearing me? He, he wanted to make a promise. And he said he saw, he wanted to swear, but because he saw nobody greater, he says, uh-uh, he swore by his name. And he says, I will bless you. He says, next, next line, I will bless thee and I will multiply thee. Are you hearing me? Now, how many of you know that the Bible clearly tells us eh, that the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles through faith went before and preached this gospel to Abraham saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. When he told Abraham, I will bless you and multiply you. It was one statement, but it was the total sum of the New Testament gospel. The covenant. He literally revealed the covenant in one sentence. Surely I will bless you and I will multiply you. That was the New Testament covenant. The covenant you're in, it's, it's, you don't even pray to be blessed. You are blessed. Multiplication is not, a, it's not something you for, force yourself into. And look at it. No, it is your portion to multiply in every aspect of your life. Because that, the total sum of the New Testament is blessing and multiplication. But Musumba, what about heaven? Is it there? What? How are we going to prepare ourselves for heaven? Hey, listen. That is why there are certain things some of us don't preach. It's not that we don't know them. It's just that we understand the gospel. 
Now, do you think you will not make it to heaven? <laughs> Are you the one who began the journey? Answer me. He says he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He says he that began a good work in you, he will surely see it to accomplishment to the day of Christ. Faith is key in this. You have, let me tell you, me, I must go to heaven. And then I told people, if you go to heaven and don't see me there, fear. You might be in another place. Look for apostle grace. If you don't see, fear. <laughs> Even you, you can say it for yourself. <laughs> Tell anyway, if you don't find me there, worry where you are. Seriously. <laughs> I must go to heaven. I'm going to heaven. In the name of Jesus, I am going to heaven. My mandate is very simple. To present men perfect to him. As in simple, in him, simple. It's to make sure that we utilize every opportunity we have to preach the gospel while we're still on the earth. But we are sure of heaven. There's somebody who says, me, I would rather be a gatekeeper. Me, I'm not going to be a gatekeeper. That's why I preach every day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, I'm trying to make you understand that the gospel preached to Abraham in thee shall all nations be blessed. I'll bless you and I'll multiply you. When Abraham received it in his spirit, the whole New Testament was revealed. When it was revealed, he started dancing. He, because he knew what was coming. Jesus says that your father Abraham rejoiced to see your day. He says he saw it and he was glad. Why did he see your day? Because he could not believe that some people might live a certain life. What made Abraham dance can't make you cry. It can't. I don't know who I'm talking to. What made Abraham rejoice? It cannot make you lose appetite and sleep. It cannot make you weep the whole night and worry. The man saw your covenant and he, he understood it was a better covenant established on better promises. He started jumping. He wishes he was in this day. Every prophet is excited to see you and I in 2016. It's what they labored. That is why when Paul, that is why I, I, I was telling people that sometimes if you don't understand prophecy, you can't understand the apostolic. You can't understand the apostolic. The apostolic interprets prophecy. That's why Paul can get a strange word spoken by Isaiah, and then he gets a revelation of the gospel in the New Testament. We can only interpret the prophets because a prophet will say a word that doesn't even make sense to him. The Bible says they searched diligently. They, they wanted to know what God meant. And it was revealed unto them that unto us they did minister these things. It, they failed to get the true meaning of what even God spoke through them. 
But when Paul comes in the New Testament, he can read Isaiah and understand him. He can read Jeremiah and understand him. Because that's what it does. It can only interpret. It doesn't break. But sometimes in the interpretation, when it sees a certain issue, men think the apostle is against the prophet. It's not so. It cannot be so. It cannot be so. We can only do anything and everything for the truth, not against the truth. We cannot. We cannot. It's not even an advice to the church. It's the affirmation that if a man is born of the spirit, he cannot be against. He can only be for the truth. Are you hearing me? It says that today in the church of Christ, many gifts are not so. Many pastors are not pastors. They are evangelists who are pastors. They are teachers who are apostles. You understand? So, to reconcile this, eh? there are prophets who are preachers. You see? Me, I met people who don't prophesy. In anger, they are prophets. Ever since you met them, they die. They have never prophesied. In anger, they are what? To be continued. <laughs> it's like saying, I'm a music artist. I'm a gospel artist. Nenga, you never sing. I'm a gospel artist. <laughs> and then you, you, cre- you prepare a certain atmosphere around you of gospel artists, but every time you get to the mic, you're like... <gasps> mm-hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is changing. Tell your neighbor that is changing. Tell them again, that is changing. So the Bible says we can do nothing for the truth, but for the truth. The spirit of truth, the Bible says, reveals things to come. When a man has the full understanding of the spirit of truth, he goes in the future. The very distinction of leadership, leading men, means you go to the end of things and come back for them. Not walk with them in the middle and act to be speaking truth. That is unlearned and unstable. And how do you know that you've gone to the end? I always tell people, the psalmist is clear. He went to the end of all perfection and started to see the broadness of God. There are certain things that can never be revealed to you until you get to the end of all perfection. I have a sermon on that. Look for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you are still in the perfections of God, many times you might get lost lasting. And the essence of you going to the end of everything is that God has to first satisfy everything that comes with every perfection in him, such that you don't seek him anymore for the perfection of things, but you, even for the last of the same, but you seek him for purpose, because he has revealed the broadness of this world. You walk to the end of this life, and then see the gospel as is. You understand the alpha and the omega, the present and the future, the beginning and the end. Then come back for men. You can't take men where you have not been. You can't. And there are certain principles that work in a man who has understood that. That man is the man Paul says cannot do anything against the truth but for the truth. That is not for every man. 
It ought to be for every believer. But not many quite understand the responsibility that comes with that blessing. Because many, even the things they desire of God, are lusted after. Not with a desire to take responsibility of the same. They want to receive an anointing. Said that they carry their Bibles. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then they fear them and they say, that woman of God, when she tells you something, it happens. That man of God, you see, don't even come near him. You might fall down. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that is why when it comes to the measure of the rule by which we, meet, we reach men, many brethren are disqualified. I don't even know whether I'm making sense. You find a young man and they say, he's a pastor. You ask him, who is a pastor? Who is a pastor? Do you know who a pastor is? I know, I was called a pastor. Who, who called you? Who is a pastor? Who is a shepherd? Who is a shepherd? Something small flips the little guy and then tomorrow he's, he's fallen and tripped. Do you know a pastor? Do, for, some people think that these things are just called apostle, hmm? prophet, hmm? evangelist. People think you just call them. The Bible is clear. Prove all men. You prove a man before you call him. You prove a man before you call him. You don't even understand the principles that prove men in the gospel. And the guy is already a pastor. I see young pastor, pastor. A novice, pastor. Now they bring you a marital issue. Two 60-year-olds bring you a marital issue. You start from where? <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't, that's why, I, you know, Africans, we love titles, eh? I think it's because we're colonized. We love <laughs> titles. <laughs> I'm Apostle Gondi. I'm t- Let me tell you, eh? You'd rather not, uh, not have any title but function. You'd rather not have a title but function. Go through the process of being proved. And there are many things that prove a minister. There are many things that prove a minister. There are many things. You don't even know what it means to behold the doctrine of Christ in a pure conscience. Your conscience is not stable. That even if true doctrine comes, the conscience is not stable. And a man is a minister. The small things that prove men, eh? that's why you realize the most successful ministers in this world didn't begin out pastoring. They cleaned chairs. They serve T, Timothy, yes. Philip. Look at all of those guys. Epaphroditus. <laughs> he was a fellow laborer, the Bible says. But he served Paul even as unto death. And he felt a frustration in his spirit that even the church in Philippi and 
discovered that he was sick. He didn't even want them to know. Because he understood the God who you serve in secret and rewards you openly. But you're dealing with people who don't even know the difference about the secret places of ministry and the open reward of God. They think the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, it's just in the guy's eyes. He wants to do as they watch him. That's why they do more in presence. They do because they need to please the man of God. I want to do this because Apostle Grace has to be happy. That man has not yet understood what the gospel is. You don't do it because the man of God has to be happy for you. You do it because you have a responsibility of doing it in silence. And when you do it, don't tell men you did it. And it's hard. But he says, but the Lord who sees you do in secret, he will reward you openly. Let me tell you. Every open reward on a man has a secret praise and worship to God. Every personal experience of a man privately translates to the man's reward openly. And therein is the deception. And I mean to say that some people think you can have a reward openly that does not equal to your private space. It's because they've never understood how to relate with God in the secret. They don't understand. Some people think we just woke up and became. You just wake up and then you become a rich man. They say, ah, this guy killed a guy and then he sacrificed and then he became rich. <laughs> they were not there. They were not there. They were not there. Even the basic basic principle. You can never have authority if you're not under authority. And then you hear a guy saying, ah, me, I don't believe in spiritual authority. Okay. We'll see your results. You're unteachable. You're unteachable. You're unteachable. Even the truth, when it comes to your spirit, you can't receive it. You cannot receive it. Then the church became quiet. And I like it like that, man. For the scripture is profitable. <laughs> for reproof. <laughs> for rebuke. Simple authority. Now the church is full of prodigal sons. <laughs> They're impatient for inheritance. They can't be proved. I mean, give me my thing quickly. You understand? Ta, 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 ta. Then things happen. Then they come back. Oh, I need help. But some come when they're 70, 80, when they're about to die. That's when they realize, ah, I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. You were called primarily to be a minister. These are things of thinking you, you are, Simanya, you are, you are a, an administrator. Yes, you're an administrator who is a minister. Am I making sense? You're a bank manager who is a minister of the gospel. That's what God has called us to do. Not just be professionals, but I'm a professional with an anointing. I'm a professional with a responsibility. I am a mother with a glory on me. I have to raise the best pastor in the world. I am a father. I, 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 you carry responsibility. You're a minister, even if you're not in the pulpit. Some of us think that the pulpit is ministry only. No. There are parts, Paul says, that are not physical or physically seen, but we attach more modest to them. It's like the heart. If the heart fails, you can't move. Even if your hands are excited like how. There are people like that. They're in the body of Christ. We don't see them, but boy, they are working. They are serving God. 
They're serving God. But you have to be proved. And as a minister too, I have to prove my own. I don't just call you preacher. No, I have to take time to prove you. If he's not patient for it, let him move on. He wasn't yours. He'll be proved again. It's only a matter of time. Something will prove him either way. But do your part. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's not easy to take a title when you give it. That title comes with responsibility. When they say you're Pastor Brian, these people look at you as a pastor. You better be. You better be. You better be. Do you understand what I'm saying? He better be. Because any consequence to that, I'm answerable. Who calls him pastor? The God won't ask him, Brian. No, he will ask me, Apostle Grace, why did you address him as a minister? Do you understand what I'm saying? And he deserves the right treatment. I respect him because I see him as a minister of the gospel. They know that. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I proved him for years. I didn't just wake up and say, ah, I think you're a good teacher. Now be. No. No. Even at work, you don't just wake up and promote a guy. No. No. You put him in business, see how he handles money, see how he handles customer relations, how he deals with the back office, how he deals with situations when, when, when issues happen in the business. How proactive is the person? Then you say, ah, I think this person has to be a manager. Some people say, ah, I see you're a pastor. God has called you to be a teacher. Then they start teaching immediately. <laughs> Set in order the things that are wanting. Otherwise, you might run this race in vain. And people will look at you at 60 and say, you lost it somewhere. You lost it somewhere. You lost it somewhere. We are redeeming a generation here. Barokole. We are redeeming a generation here. Do you know how the church is misrepresented? <laughs> and how we've been misrepresented? Somebody said, God, you're dealing with me. Say it. Even me, he's dealing with me. Say amen. So, the, 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 the whole line of responsibility is you go to end of things and then come back for men. You come back for them. And that act alone is love. And that love passes all knowledge. It passes all knowledge. It passes all knowledge. It passes all knowledge. Because this man went and came back. It's different from a man who, who doesn't even understand the end of things. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, he might be excited in this. But it, there's a responsibility that to whom much is given. I always tell saints, to whom much is given, much is required. Some of you say, God anoint me. Hey, me, I told people that when we were in high school, say, God take us. People don't want to serve you, but for us, we want to serve you, God. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Send me to America, I'll go. Send me. I see some people who say no, but me, God. Me, whether it's at night, I'll go. Nanenga, it's not that you genuinely want to serve. Sometimes it's just you just want to you just want to walk on the streets of New York and you say, Wow, I'm in New York City. That's that when you come back, you tell people, come and I pray for you. I have the anointing of the aeroplane. 
<laughs> now, when they are taking you to the airport, you say, God, why, 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 you know? <laughs> Let me tell you, if you avail yourself, God will use you <laughs> until you tell him, boss, it is too much. <laughs> he loves available men. Tell your neighbor he loves available men. Tell him he loves available men. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. But there is a light that approves everything revealed. Because everything revealed comes with a certain responsibility. You're asking for what you want to consume on your own lust. Not what will minister into the things of the kingdom. Let me tell you, brethren, this anointing you guys have, it has responsibility. I don't know that you want to hear these things or you want to, you want to hear this. See, every time they say those things, I receive them. But I realize I have responsibility. You see, there's a misunderstanding people have about the gospel. And let me correct it. Some guy one time was preaching. He said, some people think the gospel is say, yeah, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meaning float, float, I'm going to heaven. No, he said, the gospel is not say, yeah, yeah. There are things you have, and, 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 and this is the truth. It is say, yeah, yeah. Because think about it. The Bible says we shall not all sleep. We shall be caught up. When you're caught up, what do you do? <laughs> Am I making sense? It is the truth. You're going to fly in heaven. You will, the rapture will catch you up. Do you understand? So, when people say chitwali, some people say it's a wrong doctrine. It is not. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the things that were freely given unto us. What do you do for something that is free? You take it. So some people think, no, that gospel is true. But because you're legalistic, eh? for you think, no, you don't just receive. You have to work out a certain way. No, so I'm saying, when they say receive it, take it, but also take the responsibility. But take it. There are certain things you're not going to take because you pray a lot. No, there are certain things that simply come from another man's hand, another man's spirit. And he says, receive it. And brother, you be proud and don't. You will go everywhere. Are you hearing me? You'll still not receive it. You'll still not receive it. Me, I learned that very early. Eranga, when a man of God, the ones I believe in, when he says, are you ready? Mark, <laughs> Are One time I met a certain man of God. He was in town. He came for a conference. I'll never forget that day. He had come. Me, I went there. I told God, me, what is taking me there? I'm not even interested in even what he's going to teach or what. Me, I want that moment when he says, can I pray for you? I sat there and I ended up counting my clock. <laughs> then the moment came. He made one statement. He said, I came for a few people. It caught me immediately. I was the first... <laughs> I'm humble. 
<laughs> I didn't even waste time. No, the moment he said, I, there's, there's a few I knew. Bam! I just found myself on the floor. I say, yeah, I got it. <laughs> they carried me back to the canning. I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> watch me, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Don't complicate stuff. Don't complicate stuff. He says, I'm come to you that you might, you might be aligned to purpose and cause. That I might impart into you some spiritual thing. If you, you're to, it's impartation, it is. It's impartation. Do you know, do you know the word impartation? Spirit, some spiritual thing. A miraculous faculty. It has a qualification too. You don't just impart. No, it has a qualification because it comes with a responsibility. Somebody just says, oh, I have the anointing. Fall down. No, there's a responsibility. The Bible says don't hastily lay hands. There are people I don't lay hands on. There are people I don't lay hands because I'm not instructed. I'm not instructed. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go down to something. Don't lose me. We have not lost you yet. Right? So, there is a light, and I've believed it to be true, that comes to qualify every light that shines in your way for revelation. And this is above to qualify because it's there to wear the responsibility and maturity by which you handle what is revealed. That is why when he's talking to a particular church, he tells them that if the work which was done in you was done in Gomorrah, and Sodom, he says, Sodom and Gomorrah could not have perished. That is serious. He says, if the work which was done in you was done in Babylon, Babylon would still be standing. Meaning that those men fell because there's a certain work which God didn't do in them. But he has done it in the New Testament creature. That is why I tell people that there are people if they had a quarter of what you have, they would be too far. What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? How many people do you wake up in the morning to share a devotion with, to strengthen, to pray with and tell them, look, this is God. I, I, every day you call them and say, I want to pray with you. This is who, what God is saying. I feel I need to stand with you in this area. Because to whom much is given, much is what? But there is, there is, there is a responsibility. There's a responsibility that comes with what you receive. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and now Capernaum, which had exalted unto heaven, shall be brought to, down to hell. For if the mighty works which had been done in thee had been done in so Sodom, it would have remained until, imagine, until this day. That means what he did in Capernaum, it was enough to sustain Sodom. With all its wickedness. And then it's translated into a righteous city. But he's shocked that the same thing done in Capernaum. They're not doing anything about it. They're not doing anything about it. Until a man truly understands what God did in you. You can never understand the responsibility you have. Do you know how many people would have failed if Billy Graham didn't preach the gospel? If Reinhard Bonnke did not preach the gospel. Because the story is given of Reinhard. God told him that I've called three men to do exactly what I've called you to do, Reinhard, and they refused it. And he told Reinhard, if you don't do it, I'll look for another, but I'll lose time. 
because I need to redeem it. Some people are wasting kingdom time. They are wasting kingdom time. What is upon you is too much that if God had given it to another man, he would do too much with the same. He would do too much with the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, in this world, if the Lord grants thee corn, right, and give thee wine and oil, it's enough. Let me show you some Deuteronomy 11. And I'll explain that. Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy chapter 11. Verses 14. Read. That's a prophecy, right? He says, I will give you rain of your land in due season. And he says, and the first rain and the latter rain. And he says in that three things happen. You will gather corn, harvest. And he says, and thy wine, the very line and spirit of revelation, and oil and the very continence of the glory that comes with it. And I'm going to explain that. Right? I'm going to explain that. Let me explain with another scripture. Psalms 104 verses 14. Psalms 104 verses 14. He says, he causes the grass to grow for the cattle and herb for the service of men that he may bring forth food out of the earth. Now, I'm not talking about just physical food. And the next verse says, and wine, he says, maketh glad the heart of a man and oil to make his face shine and bread which strengthens the man's heart. And I'm going to explain that. The corn represents harvest, right? Because corn is harvested. The wine represents the very line and spirit of revelation, right? As is given by the Holy Ghost. Now I'm going to explain the difference between wine and bread. Wine maketh the man's heart glad. Bread strengthens the man's heart. You get it? Wine maketh the man's heart glad. Bread strengthens the man's heart. It's all the word and revelation, but the distinctions are what maketh the man glad and what strengthens him. Are you hearing me? That is why I tell people the gladness in a man's spirit is not put there to confuse and tranquilize him to survive in status, under status quo. The gladness in a man's spirit is the only provision God gave you as a minister to wage a good war. Because actually, <laughs> gladness of spirit is warfare. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The day, you understand? The day joy is killed in your spirit. Because many things happen to you because the devil intends to do one thing, to take away your joy. Because he knows the moment you lose your happiness, like this, your strength is gone. Your strength is gone. That's why our souls rejoice in the Lord. Because he, his joy is our strength. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. The joy in God is the joy in you. Because the man joined together with God is one spirit. He that is joined 
with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. What is joy in the spirit of God is joy in your soul. And that joy overcometh. There are things in this world that will happen to you. Not because you are not a prayerful person, but you don't know how to sustain the peace in your spirit and force yourself to be happy even when you're not happy. You're as strong in the spirit realm as the joy you sustain in your soul in spite of adversity. Yes, you might be harmed, you might be sick, you might be derailed, you might be, you know, evil spoken of. All of that is there. But the whole trick is simple. To take you to a place of losing your joy because the moment you become sorrowful, he has you. He has you where he wants you. Because a sorrowful countenance proves to God that you don't have faith in him. It's unbelief to be in sorrow under any circumstance. It might even be hard to tell you even when you lose a dead person. I know. (laughs) He said, we are not... we, we shouldn't grieve as them which have no hope. Don't cry like somebody who doesn't have hope after the grave. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> cry a bit and laugh and say, it's working. It's working. In the name of Jesus, it's working. Why? Because that, it doesn't matter what happens in your life, you should never lose joy. Because it defines your strength. You don't know what it means for a man to look at cancer and start laughing. You, you don't know what it means for a man to be told that you have three weeks to die. And then you start laughing. A woman of you a few hours ago called me and told me, my child. They, they, she went to a doctor and they found something, a tumor in a child. And I love the way she said it. She called me laughing. She says, Apostle, they found an anointing in her. <laughs> Okay, use other words to explain to me. <laughs> but I love that she has her joy in her spirit. She's saying, I can't lose this. I know where the devil wants me, but I refuse to go there. I refuse to go there. I choose to be happy. Burglars come into your house, they break through, walk out, enter, start laughing. Start laughing. <laughs> they didn't know they stole a rich woman. <laughs> Laugh. You know, we are building a mad generation. <laughs> they might not understand, but give us one year, two years. Uganda will look differently. Uganda will look differently. I repeat it. Hallelujah. And the bread, strength. But the strength that comes with a man who needs the tenacity to advance in the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. And he says, he'll give you the anointing as for shining. And the next verse says, and what happens? And he says, and the trees of the Lord are what? (laughs) They're full of what? They're full of what? You are full of sap. Do you know you are the planting of the Lord? Do you know you are the planting of the Lord? The Bible says you're full of what? Sap. The cedars of Lebanon, which he has planted. And the next verse says, and he says, watch this if you're a minister. Where the birds make their nest as for the stalk, the fair trees are her house. And where men come to rest. I pray God gives you a business 
where men come and find solution. You see, that's, translate it. You don't need to be a preacher. But wherever you are, when men come to you, they get answers. They get answers. You walk this world like a solution giver. And a man who gives solution doesn't have problems. It doesn't mean that circumstances don't happen. No, situations can be around you, but they are not bigger than what is inside you. For the Bible says, greater is he which is in you than the devil in the world. Tell your neighbor, I'm a solution giver. I carry the grace for a harvest. Come on, say it. I, I carry the grace for a harvest. I gather corn in the name of Jesus. I carry bread in the name of Jesus. The oil is all over me. I cannot fail. In the name of Jesus. Can you believe it? That there are people in this world who are believing God for bread. They're still saying, hey, give us this day, our daily bread. He said, I'm the bread. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am the bread. Some people call it our Lord's prayer. I don't know why they call it our Lord's prayer. What makes it his? No, it was the disciples' prayer. That's not how Jesus prayed to God. Now, how can you say, let your kingdom come? It came. (laughs) It came. He was talking to men which were not born again. You, you're born again. The kingdom is come. The kingdom is come. It is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Are you righteous? Do you carry the peace that passes all understanding? Do you carry the joy of the Lord? That is it. He said, I'm the bread of life. Moses, what Moses gave, he says, is not the true bread. He says, I am the bread. Now, you received him in your life. You, you don't ask for what you have. You carry the bread of life. He's inside you. He lives in you. That is the mystery, which was hid from the ages past and now revealed. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Ladies and gentlemen, the kingdom is come. His will is being done on the earth. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the ultimate will of the Father and he resides in you and I. That is the will of the Father. Jesus Christ is the ultimate will and he's in you and me. So me, when I'm reading it, I thank God for it. I say, God, I thank you because your bread is come. In the name of Jesus, I thank you because your kingdom is come. He says, when you rebuke demons and they flee, know that the kingdom of God is come unto thee. That's why people sometimes who pray that prayer don't, don't know, can't cast out devils. Because the kingdom is not yet come. They are expecting it to come. For us it is come. Tell your neighbor, for us it is come. It's power and it's glory. It's glory. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. There's a thing I read in Psalms, but I realized, let me, can I read it for the last name you go? There's something I read, and I realized this scripture is for a born-again Christian. Psalms 22 verse 10. Give me the New Living Translation. Let me give you an explanation of what happened to you when you became born again. Psalm 22 verses 10. Give me the New Living Translation. NLT. Do you have it? 
Answer me if you do. Do you have it? Do you have the NLT? Uh-huh. Look, look, look at this line. He says, I was thrust into your arms at birth. I read it, I said, Makaye. The moment, the moment you came out, this is for a born again Christian. The moment you became born again, pew, God received you, bois. You started walking with him. How can you fear? How can you fear? He says, a none shall be able to pluck you out of his hand. Because when you became born again, boom, he received you. Hey! Hey! How can you fail? How can you fail? How can you even lose appetite that they are bewitching you? Oh! They come to pick your hair. You tell them, no, don't even take the hair. It might not work. Can I give you nails also? Let me give you nails also. Because I need you to understand that the man in God can both be bewitched. Greater is he which is in you than the devil in the world. From that day you're in the arms of love. You're moving in there. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. He says, no weapon, no weapon that is forged. No weapon that is formed. The, the, the message says, no weapon that can hurt you has been made. What, what, what can hurt you hasn't been made. It can't be made. It will never be made. I, I don't know that you understand what I'm saying. Nothing that can hurt you even if the doctors say you have cancer. If, if cancer was to kill you, it would not have been made. If HIV was to kill you, it would not have been made. If men's words were to kill you, they would not have said them. Nothing that is made can hurt you. Nothing that is made can hurt you. Why? Because you're in the arms. Wait, I don't know that you understand. Pooh! Bah! You dropped into the guy's arms. So, every day you walk with him. He says the heart of the king is in the hand of God. Every day you're walking like this. He will not let your foot to stumble and fall. You're in the center of influence. Are you hearing me? You're in the shadow of the most high. Praise the Lord Jesus. You're in the shadow of the most high. You are dwelling under the shadow of his wings. You, you, you are there. And then you can worry. You don't even have anything to worry about. You have nothing 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 or no one to worry about. And he says, you shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what he promises. And the next verse says, he says that, hey, I will say of the Lord is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. And he says, surely he shall, surely. Give me the Amplified. I want you to read in the Amplified. 
Amplified. He says, for then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. And the Bible says, he, then he will cover. This, I love the way the guy, it's a progressive. Then he will anoint you. Then give you money. Then give you cars. Then give you power. Then, then after that, when he's done with that, then he... <laughs> you don't have one without the other. Uh, did you get it? So, he says, then he will cover you with his wings, with his pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and faithfulness are shield and a buckler. And the Bible says, you shall not be afraid of the terror of the night. He, he says, you shall not. He didn't say, don't be. He didn't say, don't be afraid. He said, you will not. He didn't say, totia. No, he says, totia kutia. That means it will come, but you will not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked, the flies by day. And the next verse says, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste. You will not die a sudden You will not believe it. Tell your neighbor, me, I'll not die a sudden death. But she was 20 and she died. No. Those ones who died didn't come. Next verse. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And it says only, I, that's why I love the Amplified Man. I love that scripture. He says only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness. The reward of the wicked. You know, it's one thing when you're watching where you can be accessed. They are beating, but the stroke can hit you. No, he says inaccessible. 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 Tell your neighbor I carry the corn. I have the oil. And I have the bread. I'm changing my generation. That is why I realized that the ultimate distinction for every minister is to create their own world. If anyone is a part of your world, it is because you created them there. If anything is in your world, it's because you accepted it there. What you don't accept, let me tell you. When you learn to create this world by faith, because that's what faith does. The worlds were framed. Where every child of God who is born in this world, your world is framed. You start drawing it. How do I want to live? How do I want to sleep? Where do I want to go? How do I want to go there? How many children do I not have? Do I want dark-skinned ones? Or do I want bright ones? Do I want them taller? Do I want them shorter? Which ministry do I want? Do I want, want feeble men? Or do I want stronger men? Everything that you desire is in your world. The challenge is many of you are living in other men's worlds. You're cutting yourself so low by how they think about you. Be delivered from men's opinions. I don't know who I'm talking to. 
it doesn't matter what he thinks that she thinks that she say that you are. All that matters is who you believe to be. Nobody can take your world from you. But you can let in people and let them out. I said you can let them in and let them out. And I mean my world, I don't have negative people around me. I don't. I don't. They are not on my WhatsApp. They are not anywhere. I can't, I can't stand negative talk. Oh, we are going to fail. Oh, we are going to fail. Oh, I see a spirit. I, I, that's, not, that's not my world. No, 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 no. Begin from things above. Where Christ dwells, you're in that world. Are you hearing me? Even when we're studying Fanero, we meditated the kind of people who are supposed to be coming. Do you understand what I'm saying? We meditated them and said, this one belongs to this world. Why? Because we want to change the way this world looks at Jesus. If in your world you're going to struggle, you will struggle. If in your world you feel you're going to fail, you will fail. If in your world you feel you're ugly, nobody's going to pronounce beauty on you. It's you in your world. In your world you have a time and a time frame to function under. Some people have 24 hours. It's up to you. He said, I will recover even the years that were eaten by the eaterworm and the conqueror. I can, I can, you, you can say, okay, I've wasted a lot of time. Yes. And then he gets those years and then puts them ahead of you and then repairs your body. You watch me. Many people want me. The other day I read in the newspapers, he said, a 25 year old, I said, yeah. You watch Fanero members. Gray hair is going to start disappearing. You're going to start feeling stronger. Why? Because that's the world you create. That's the world you create. You don't create a world of luck. You don't create it. You might lack, but refuse it. Yeah, I remember there were times I would wake up and I just have 20,000 and I saw it. The day I have 20,000, I don't plan and say, now since it's 20,000, let me... Let me keep it very well. <laughs> and, and budget it. I don't budget. I, I tell you one day I woke up and I had a wife who was 30K. I went in a restaurant, expensive restaurant. I ordered for stuff exactly 30K. <laughs> Many years ago. When I was still believing, now I'm a believer. You understand? <laughs> Why? Because I even refused the thought that I'm poor. I refused it. I don't have poor jazz. You know that poor know how to talk. You know, sometimes I be there and I don't have money. I don't have that nose. I don't. I don't say it. I don't say it. There is no glory. There is no glory. There is no glory. Me, I told people the times in campus, even when when money wasn't there, wounds. That's the day you become smart. You put Vaseline on you. Then they send you call in that center, you say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but some of them, the day they become poor, even the way they walk, you can see. <laughs> They're heavy laden. That's not in your world. Tell your neighbor, it's not in my world. It's not in my world. I remember days you could wake up and then you feel like a pain. Pua! Then you go to praise. Yes. Uncle David, you, you they think you're dancing, eh? but you're trying to tell the thing, I can't be sick. 
Because that's my world. You have to learn to create. You just create it. It's here. It's like me. I know every day people bless me. That's my world. It, the sun can't come down. I've not been blessed. Because I tell myself every day, I am a blessed chap. It can't. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's my world. For you, you have a world where you say, I don't have a world where I believe God for food. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. Because my righteousness is of him. And every tongue that contradicts my world, he gave me the power to condemn it. Because that's my heritage. As a servant of God. As a servant of God. Do you have a world? Frame it. By the word of God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I cannot fail. This is not there to break me. It is there to make me stronger. In the name of Jesus. I remember one time I was in my room crying and laughing at the same time. Some of you don't know what we go through. But I went through a situation one time and I entered my room and laughed while I was crying. It was too painful, but I refused to accept it that it was happening. And I didn't know what to do. I laughed while I was crying. Because in my head, it was painful in my soul, but it was victory in my spirit. And I didn't know how to reconcile it. If you saw me, you'd not believe what was happening. Why? Because that is called warfare. I refuse to accept certain things in my world. I refuse them. Let me tell you, I will never fail. I will never fail. I tell myself every day, the shoes I wear, know it. Even my clothes, when they see me, they say, hey, the guy who doesn't fail has come. You must get to a certain level where everything around you resonates with what you believe. Hallelujah. And birds will come and make nests on you. Men will come and need you. And now I decree it upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, birds will make nests over you. Men will find you as a source of rest. Men will find you as a source of refuge. Men will find you as a solution provider. In the name of Jesus. Men will never look at you as though they are helping you. Men will never look at you as though they are doing you an advantage. Men will look at you as though you're the one doing them an advantage. Men will look at you as their source of strength. Men will look at you as their source of help. Men will look at you as their source of joy. Men will look at you as their source of happiness. Men will come to you weary for answers and you'll be the source of answer in the name of Jesus Christ. Men will look at you and see the brain behind everything that makes great. You will be king makers in the name of Jesus. You will teach men how to come from nothing and become everything in the name of Jesus. I pray that you receive it right now in Jesus' mighty name. It's mine. Now can you take a moment and receive it? Receive it in your spirit. Say something in another tongue. Speak another language. We are creating a world, people. We are creating a future, saints. We are creating a generation. We are creating a ministry. Come on. Come on. This is your life. This is your future.
someone create your world now take a minute put in your world what must be there remove what shouldn't be there your world it's your ministry it's your baby it's your story it's your marriage it's your children hey. he promised he spoke with his words it is written yours the harvest is plenty in the name of Jesus the oil is on your face the bread strengthens us he says I bring forth rain the latter and the, and the former in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus you shall gather your corn in the name of Jesus your wine and your oil in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in your world, the sick are healed. In your world, the blind see. In your world, the weak are strengthened. In your world, there is no impossibility. In your world, there is no disqualification. In your world, you will not die. You will not die. You will not die. your world create create your world it doesn't matter what you're going through it wasn't matter what they spoke about you it doesn't even matter what they think you are it doesn't matter what you're it doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your connections. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter your status. It doesn't matter your level of influence. Just create. He says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. Hey! Sow the seed. Speak the word. Luke 8, 11 says the seed is the word of God. Speak into your future. This is the time right now to redeem your future. This is the time right now to speak into your marriage, to speak into your children and recreate your story. I know you failed, but now you can change it. Come on. Come on. Come on! Hey! 
in charge. You're in charge. You're in charge. You're in charge. You're in charge. Right now, destinies are realigned. Your future is assured. In the name of Jesus, the nations you'll travel, the healings that will appear, the dead that you will raise, the blind that will see. Oh! I'll give you one more minute. 60 seconds. in this room God is going to give you child you're going to conceive in December you're going to conceive in your world you had to have children Jesus promised you and he is faithful. <laughs> the devil is in trouble. The devil is in trouble. Thanks, thanks, I give you thanks, rock. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the power. You're changing the world. 
believe it. Begin now. Begin now. I hear your name sounding in the spirit. In places you have not been. Jesus today come The Lord has just saved you from a major stomach issue. You are going to undergo operations and die. But you're going to live. The moment you stood there, I saw the spirit and it told me in the ear, I've just saved him from a major stomach problem. How long has it been? Like three years. Three years. Does God speak? Answer me, does God speak? When this gospel saves, this gospel saves. If you want to give your life to Christ, come. If you want to give your life to Christ, come. I feel God is saving men. There are people here. Eh? Your years of struggle are over. Your years of struggle are what? Are over. Anybody else wants to give their life to Christ? You want? Praise God. You have also come. Hallelujah. Stretch your hands to us. Let, let them first accept, then we pray for them. Is that okay? Everyone repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died and rose again. Today, I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. From my heart, and confession of my mouth I'm yours Amen 
The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.